are listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tvcweb.com. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. Let's try it again. A little louder. All right, some energy. Merry Christmas. That's awesome. Thank you. So once you, uh, I know he just said to high five people around you and all that stuff, but once you, if you're by family or people you love, once you turn, give them a hug and say, I love you and I'm sorry I was a jerk this morning. Come on, just do that right now. Come on. So a few weeks ago, um, our grandson, two-year-old grandson, Abe, came to visit us. He comes uh, every week on Fridays, almost always, and um, we love having him. And so he comes in the door, and uh, it's the garage door, and so I looked, Ann and I were standing at the other end of the hallway, and he sees us, and he's never done this before, but he just, there's some coats on pegs along the wall, and he saw us, and then he just stepped back and slid underneath the coats like this and stood stone still. Now, he's two years old, all right? And he was not moving. The only, reason, the only way you'd know he's there is that the tips of his boots were sticking out, you know, when he walked there. And so Ann and I, of course, you know, we, we, we watched him going out there, so we're playing along. We're like, well, where's Abe? Does anybody know where Abe is? Abe, Abe. And he stayed so still for the longest time, and I was starting to get tired of it, actually. And finally, he jumps out like, ta-da, here I am. You idiots didn't even know where I was. And my thought was, well, you're the idiot because we did know where you were. This is what happens when you're 65. You get grumpy at two-year-old kids, all right? I'm always amazed, you know, that I, I think I can see everything that there is. I think I can see all the stuff around me. But it's stunning to me how much stuff I miss. Anybody relate to what I'm talking about? I mean, it can be right in front of me. I miss people. I miss circumstances. I miss things that happen. I miss cues, you know, from my wife or whatever. I miss stuff on a regular basis, and I think it happens all. And, and, you know, the funny part of that whole story with Abe is, is that actually his dad, when he was young, did the same thing at a different house that we lived at. He got behind the coats, only I didn't know he was there. I was at work. He saw me pull in. He got behind the coats, stood stock still. I came in. I'm taking my coat off. He reaches through the coats and grabs me like that. And I'm pretty sure I had to change my pants after that event. It's a memorable thing. But it is, it's just, I don't know why it is. But it's true for all of us. We so often miss what's right in front of us. I saw a picture recently. It's just a bunch of stuffed animals, but it's interesting. There's just one little thing slightly wrong with it. I don't know if any of you can see that there. It's like all those lifeless animals, and then in the middle of it, there's something warm and wonderful and alive, and so easy to miss. I mean, you could miss this thing just by blinking your eyes. This happens all the time, and we all do it. Some of us are better than others, but it's like, it's like this sad human trait that we can be in the middle of something incredible and yet just completely oblivious to it. I mean, you think about this. The night Jesus was born, arguably, well, I, whether you, you know, there may be folks who are with us just for the Christmas Eve service and you're like, I'm just doing this because family asked me. I don't even believe in God. I'm not, and I want you to know you are loved and welcome here. And that's really true. And you have to work through your stuff and your issues, and we have to work through our issues, and so we're glad you're here. But you may not even believe in God, but I don't think most people would argue that Jesus, the life of Jesus, is arguably the greatest single event in human history to change the course 
of humanity that there is in all of human history. And yet you think about it, the night he was born, this staggering event happens. God, the king of the universe, comes to the earth in the flesh as a man, and he is there, and there were, without question, there were people walking by, hurrying on their business, doing their thing, and they never knew that it was happening. They missed it. God was right there, and they missed him. And you know what I think? And you can argue this if you want. I think we do the same thing. I think in the middle of whatever we're mired in, all this stuff going on in our lives, so often God is right there. He's always there. He is with us. And yet, the king of the universe is there, and we miss him. And so I don't think it's unreasonable to ask, why don't we look for him more? I mean, seriously. If we really believe that, you know, what Christians say they believe, that there is a God, that he is Emmanuel, which means, does anybody know? God with us. If you really believe that God is with us, why aren't we looking for him more often? Why aren't we paying attention? I think we should be looking for him no matter what's happening in our lives, dark times, good times, all of them, because he is there. He is with us right here, even in the heartbreak, even in the pain. And sometimes, though, I think even though he's seeable and we could see him, I think we don't because because it's like, we're not looking for him. We, we, just, we just keep missing him. You know, Isaiah the prophet, like 700 years before Jesus was born, he prophesied multiple times about the coming Messiah. And this is what he said. He said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the deep darkness, uh, in, in a land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. They living in a dark difficult, painful world, and the light shines, it dawns, and there it is. How could they possibly miss it? And yet we know for a fact that many did and still do. We still miss it. It's crazy. Even when we say things like, you know, and I hear people say this sometimes, I just wish God would show up. I've asked him, just show up and, 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 and work in this thing, do, do this thing, whatever. I, they say they're looking for God, but I'm not always convinced that they're looking for God. Sometimes I think what we're looking for is not so much God, we're looking for, for an answer to feel better. We're looking for something. So it's been over 40 years now before this church was started, my wife and I felt called by God to go and work with a ministry in Germany. And it was very exciting to us. We felt this call and we thought this is gonna be so great. We had never been out of the country, maybe to Canada, I guess, but, but we'd never been you know, across the pond to another country in Europe, you know, and so it was so exciting. And I think you know, going over there, if you wanna know the truth, I think we had visions of sugar plums dancing in our heads. I thought we were gonna, well, at least I had those, all right? I thought we're gonna go over there and, and we're gonna travel the world and speak to crowds and people are gonna love us and, and, and it's gonna be an amazing thing. And then we get over there to find out that what we're gonna be is basically glorified servants, house servants. And so we're cleaning up after the family that has the ministry. We're, we're washing their clothes. We're cleaning their bathroom, their toilet, all this stuff. And it's unbelievable because I, I was called of God to do something amazing. And, and so I'm, I'm doing this and I'm so angry. And you should know that we both, both Ann and I, before we left, we felt God speak to us separately. And then we brought it up and came together and talked about it, that we should give away everything we owned. All we had left were some of our clothes and we had a few books and that's all we had. And now we're here in this place. And I thought it was going to be something. And we're glorified house servants. And it was so frustrating. There was one other thing that we had. We had the return ticket to the USA. 
And I cannot tell you how many times I would go down into that dark, cold room that we stayed in in the basement and I would open the drawer of that old dresser where that ticket was and I'd look down and go, we could go home if we wanted to. And then I would just say, where are you, God? I'm looking for you. I thought this was gonna be this amazing adventure with you. Why aren't you here? Why aren't you speaking to me? Why aren't you revealing yourself in this? Because this is insane. I'm cleaning people's toilets. And it came to a head one day when the head of the ministry handed me a pair of his shoes and he said, would you take these to the basement and shine them? I didn't even shine my own shoes. And I'm like, are you serious? I didn't say that. I just thought it. I was like, okay. And I took him downstairs and I'm down there and I'm just shining these shoes and I'm so, they must have been the best shine shoes ever because I'm so angry. I'm just beating that brush on them and I'm furious and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why am I here? What's going on? And at that moment, it was not like an audible voice, but it was as if God spoke inside me and it was so clear. It was crystal clear. And what he said to me was, you know, it wasn't exact words that I heard out loud, but it was, if these were my shoes, would you do it with joy? And I said, Lord, you know if they were your shoes, I would do it with joy. I would shine your shoes, but you don't wear shoes. You have sandals, that, that, so it's no big deal, right? <laughs> and just like that, when I said it, if they were your shoes, I'd do it with joy. A verse, a scripture, where Jesus spoke came to my mind, where Jesus said, if you do it for the least of these brothers of mine, you've done it for me. And it was like this, it was like this, the sky opened up and I saw something for the first time that God had actually sent us there, that we needed to be there. And I realized, probably it was way more me than it was Anne, but we needed to be there because, because, because if we didn't learn how to serve, we would never learn how to lead. And what I came to understand in that time was one of the darkest seasons where I felt like God was completely absent. He was there all the time because God is always with us. Can anybody say amen to that? always with us. He's Emmanuel, and he was there, and he was working in my life. I didn't even realize it because what I wanted him to do was just make me feel good. You know, I've heard someone say that sometimes when your world seems so shaken, you turn to God, what you realize is that it was God that was shaking your world. God is with us, always. So here's my Christmas challenge, and this is real simple. In the midst of all your Christmas chaos, and, and you know, many of you are going to go off and you're going to be with family and you're going you're to have a meal with people, some of them you like and want to be with and some of them you wish that God would never come to your family Christmas and I know all that. You got all these things coming and I just want, I, just, I, I beg you. In the midst of all that, don't miss Jesus. Because if the stuff that we say is true, if we really believe this, don't miss him. He is with you. He is there. Don't miss him. Maybe we could kind of even make a game out of it. Maybe we could, you know, just, it's not a game, but just, just somehow, like, like, like some of you are familiar with this guy, right? All my kids, all my grandkids have loved Waldo. It's interesting about Waldo. This, this is how it works with Waldo. See, he, he's in these pictures that are filled with chaotic stuff. All these things are going on. And the idea is you know Waldo is in there, but you have to, you have to look for him. You have to do more than just casually glance at it. You know, my, my grandkids would bring him, let's look for Waldo. I'm like, unless he's circled, I don't want to bother, all right? <laughs> because it's like it's, it's work. But if you look for him, you will see him. This is what God says. He says, you'll seek me and you'll find me when you seek me. Would you read the next part with me, please? With all your heart. If you really look for him. 
if you really look for him. He is here. I, I don't know if I could give you a gift. I would give this to you. He is with you. Don't miss him. Don't miss the love he has for you. Don't miss. Maybe you're in a dark place and you're like, I don't even know what's going on in my life and it's so hard and I understand that. I am telling you though, when you look for God and see him, it doesn't always get better. It doesn't always get easy. Sometimes it feels very difficult and painful. But here's what happens. When you see God, it gives you context. Because that problem that seems like it's this big, it's like it's bigger than anything in my life, when you put it up against God, who is unfathomably big, you realize this is not as big as I thought. I would love to give you that gift this year. I don't know how to do it, but I wish, I wish for every person here that you could see God this Christmas, that you would not miss him. And here's the deal. You and I choose whether we will see him or not. But if you look for him, you will see him. You will see him. Maybe he's in a sunset. It might be in a starry sky. It might be snow falling. Maybe not snow falling this year, but it might be all kinds of different things. It might be when you sit down with a, with a family, with your family at a meal, and as you sit there and you look at them, you have this realization that this is not just my family eating food together. This is a gift of God in my life, and he is with us. Now you see him. Maybe it'll be in the face of a child. Even one that's a stinker. Some of you parents maybe need to hear that. Because if you look, God is there. As for me, I was telling Ann this as we were driving here together. I don't want to, I'm not just preaching this stuff. I don't want to miss God. I don't want to miss him and all his wonder all that he's done. I want to choose to see him. So, two years ago on this day, Christmas Eve, I shared with our church family, I I spoke at that service, and I shared with our church family about our two-year-old, now two-year-old grandson, Abe. I shared about, after a season of incredible pain, my son, Mike, and his wife, Faith, after losing two children. Which they carried to term. I held them in my arms. Just before, two years ago, Christmas Eve, they had finalized the adoption. And now it's two years later. Want to see a picture of Abe? Here's a picture of Abe. Is he amazing or what? In that picture, he was drinking a cup of cider, staring at the moon. I can't share the story. I cried two years ago. I thought I'd be over it by now. He's so vibrant. He's so wonderful. I love Abe with all my heart, but I'll tell you a little secret about Abe. He can be a stinker. And I don't mean a little one. I mean this kid's a serious stinker. He is a go, he is on wheels, and if he gets his hands on something, he's gonna bring it to the place where it's broken. Anybody ever have a kid like that? It's like you can't, you, if, if there's something loose, if, if it goes quiet in our house and Abe is there, that is your signal that something is about to be destroyed. 
I'm serious, let me give you an example of this, all right? So, so uh, we bought a brand new recliner for a recent surgery that I had, and um, so it, it was kind of fun because, uh, you know, it had a, a remote that I could carry with me, and so Abe would come over, and, and I would hit the, it had presets on it, so I would hit the remote, and, and it would start to just go up, and he'd look over at it and be like, oh, you know, and he'd laugh, and he thought it was great, and then he'd walk over, and he'd push on the footstool part of it, and I'd press the button for it to go back down, and it would go down, it was great, but, but see, this is not just a kid, this is Abe, so let me give you a, just, just watch this, and you'll see what I mean. No, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, gosh. Did you hear my wife at the end? I don't know how many times that's been said in our house. Oh, gosh. Brand new recliner. The clicking noises you heard were him trying to break it. That is Abe. You want to know the truth? I cry when I talk about him, and yet... There are days, plenty of days, where I don't feel tender, loving. It's not a God moment when I'm around Abe. I want to stick him in a box, tape it shut, put return to sender, and send him back to his mom and dad and say, here, you take care of him. Any grandparents ever feel that way? <laughs> some, some of you are like, yeah, I feel that way, but I'm the parent. I don't know where to send them. I don't... And there are plenty of days I feel that way. Some days I know I'm the richest man in the world. See, the thing is, is that some days I'm, I just feel dark and discouraged, and some days I'm around Abe and I just feel mad at him, and then I remind myself of how he came into our lives after two years of woundedness in our family, and he's brought so much joy. And I remember, God is with us. You know, of all my grandkids, I never wanted them to call me anything but grandpa. We just, I just refer to myself as grandpa, and, and I did the same thing with Abe, but somehow he calls me papa. And I don't know what it is, but when he calls me papa, it gets me. My daughter-in-law, Faith, will say, yeah, he was at the house the other day and he just said, we go Papa's house? Okay, come on over and destroy the recliner. I'm fine with it. <laughs> see, when you see God, when you're aware of his presence, it, it distills things. It gives context to your life. It helps you understand this thing that you think is such a big deal is not a big deal. God is with us. He's for us. He loves us. This is, this is what he says about us. This is so profound. He says, I've loved you with an everlasting love and I've drawn you with loving kindness. That's God. So I have a choice. I have a choice this Christmas and so do you. Do I look for God? Or do I just do business as usual? I just want to get through this stinking holiday season so I can take a deep breath and enjoy my life. You can enjoy your life now. Come on. Because God, because God is, can you say it with me? With us. God is with us. And maybe you're far from God. Maybe, maybe you came because family drug you along. Maybe you've never asked God to even be part of your life, but you feel a pull right now. I'd love to pray with you, and I'm not going to drag this out, but if, 
If that's you, you can do that. You can just pray right now. You, you don't have to have it all figured out, understand it. Just ask him to take charge of your life. So would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes, everybody, just, just for a moment. If that's you, just pray this simple prayer. Just say, Jesus, I give you my heart. You don't have to make it complicated. Just, Jesus, I give you my heart. Come in and take charge of my life. Pray that right now. Just say it to him. On the inside, just talk to him. Come into my heart. Take charge of my life. I give you my life. And if you do that, see, if you do that, it changes everything. Your world will be changed. And God, we pray for every person who just prayed that prayer, that they would be aware of you, that they would sense your presence. They would look back at this Christmas and say, it was the best ever because I realized God is with me. And bless them and encourage them and help them in every way. In Jesus' name, and all of us just say, yay, God, for people making decisions for him. Amen? Yay, God, for people making decisions for him. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tbcweb.com.